Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Social Studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. That's that time of the morning where we uh, dive into social media on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Sarah Cazell takes us through all the responses to Jared's questions. We call it social studies. And I'm out of breath. Yes, you are. So go ahead and start talking, Sarah. (laughs) All right. Welcome to social studies, everyone. We're on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata at Bickley underscore Murata. Go ahead and give us a follow, please and thank you, if you haven't already. Uh, That really helps us out as a show. 76 from 20,000. Let's go. 76? Oh, we can totally do that by the end of the show. All right, let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Of course, game three tonight in Los Angeles against the Clippers. We're going to start off with two open-ended questions, guys. A two-parter. What do the Suns need to do differently tonight from game two to win this game? And what do they need to keep doing to win this game? Uh, For me, the different part, how about getting off to a quick start? A 34-point first quarter would Mm. feel real good. Yeah. Uh, And maybe kind of calm the nerves if there are such a thing as playoff nerves for this team. Uh, The the slow starts have been consistent, so they need to change that. What do they need to keep doing? I was going to go back to another thing they need to change, and everybody's talking about it, too. Keep keep the Clippers off the offensive class. Yeah, that's what I would say. I would say um, hyper-focus on rebounding. Control the basketball, meaning limit your turnovers, limit second chance points for the other team. I had three things written down. What were they? What was the third thing, Vinny? Uh, limit. Oh, and don't foul. Don't reach. There you go. Make your fouls worth the worth the foul. Yeah, and, and K. Ray brought it up in his uh, conversation with us too. You can't have that number north of thirty for free throw attempts for the Clippers in their building. Yeah, just can't do it. Yeah. All right, going to our listeners. Admittedly, most of their responses were just what they need to do differently. Not everybody included the what should they keep doing part. Uh, but Tad Jones, Tad Jones read the instructions. He did both. He says, the Suns cannot start slow, especially on the road. It is going to be a physical game, so be prepared for that. Um, what do they most need to keep doing? Keep DA engaged at the foul line area to make shots or dish it out to open shooters. Michael says, do not play Landry Shamit more than five minutes. That is taking time away from players that might actually contribute. Yeah, he scored four Ouch. points in 38 minutes so far in the series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Horror Hooligan, Horror Hooligan says, That's hopefully, say. yeah, no kidding. Hopefully, campaign can come back so he can show the Clippers a different pace. Payne speeds the game up, and I think the Suns need that from time to time. Other than that, KD needs to continue to be aggressive on offense and defense. I'm going to game three, so I want to see a big win. Way to go, hooligan. Horror hooligan. Horror hooligan. I'm really scared of saying a different word. Rural jarrar. Yes, exactly. What a great show. The Brazilian Thunder Matrix. Tremendous. Welcome to the show, Brazilian Thunder Matrix. Says it's all about pace. They showed in game two how well they play when the pace is pushed versus slowing it down into the half court. More of that, please. Uh, On the line, JY says, box out! (laughs) All caps. No, it's it's good advice. It's It's really one of the fundamental tenets for the team tonight, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, And then... Brian Vihan says the Suns need to get out of their own heads. You can see the weight that they are carrying. Just get out there and play. 
time. On the uh, what they needed to keep doing, there was some some real push for uh, point book. Oh, yes, keep, yes, keep there Kevin was. Po- and yep. again, I, I think you'll see that sprinkled in. I don't think you'll see 48 minutes of it, but yeah. Yes, Clint from Tulsa responded with a total of nine exclamation points. Point book, point book, point book. Like my mom texting. Never, yeah. never fewer than well. three exclamation points at the end of any sentence. It's funny. It's funny. And not to go on a tangent here, but, but this has been an issue with Chris Paul for, for as long as he's been here. Even in their even in their run to the NBA Finals, Willie Green, who was a member of the staff, was on him. Pick up the pace, man. They'd have battles about yeah. this. Yeah. And Chris Paul likes to walk the dog. You know, that thing yes. that they do in the yes, NBA yes. of just following a rolling basketball up the court. Yeah. Well, you're playing right into the Clippers' hands. You're letting that that team that. of bigs just get set defensively. Yeah. So that's that's the issue. So the, the easy fix is if Chris Paul can give you more juice. Play faster. All right. Play flat. I almost said flaster. 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 Whatever that means. Let's get to the Diamondbacks. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, not too fast or flast. He's slowing down. <laughs> so what should the team do with him? Four options after a very rough start for Mad Bum yesterday. Seven earned runs given up over just three innings, and then he was pulled. Give him one more start. Let him rest and retool. Move him to the bullpen or just cut him and absorb the contract. Oof. Um, Tough options. I'm probably leaning towards rest and retool. Hey, that uh, that forearm is inflamed, isn't it? Hey, that, that, that forearm is uh, inflamed, isn't it? Uh, medicine, <laughs> right? Yeah, the guys are real uh, right. crack horror hooligan. <laughs> are you allowed to say that horror? It's either horror. that or oh, give give horror. him one more start. Like, all right, this is the ultimatum, Madison. We, if you're going to figure this out, we're putting you on the spot to figure it out. One more start. So that would come against the Royals, right? Yeah. Miss San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. They're no he's good. not making his next start. I don't think they can do that. I, I think if if they're going to give him one more start, it's going to be a, a sit down, build up. Okay, let's let's figure out. Let's let's identify something we think is the issue and fix it and see if that works. And that That's might if they did it and it came against the Royals, they're four and fifteen and. They've got a batting average of 208, so maybe that Ooh. does build the confidence. Ooh. Let's try But that. it might be false confidence when it's all said and done. Yeah. All right, again, the four options were give Mad Bum one more start, let him rest and retool, move him to the bullpen, or just cut him and eat the contract. 53% of our voters say cut him, eat the contract. 30% say move him to the bullpen. 12% say let him rest and retool. Only 4% say one more start. Where was the gambo option of Madison Bumgarner having a real <laughs> attack of morality and giving the money back? Dave Burns <laughs> is of in the building. We'll, we'll ask him about people. that next. Burnsy was great. Yeah, uh, I should be paying you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Nick Harville says there is no point in letting him blow leads coming out of the bullpen. That would be even more demoralizing. Just cut him and call it a loss. Brian T. says, do I want him coming out of the bullpen every few days? That's worse than coming out every five. DFA says AZ Beer Dad. Uh, Oof, and then that's a hard that's a hard one. With that I, know, money I know, involved. I know, I know. It's really, I mean, it, it's this year's the bad year. Yeah. Next year it's fourteen, I think. So again, it, it's it's I'm getting Yasmani like Tomas vibes. <laughs> that's right. Oh no, Russ Ortiz vibes. All right, let's squeeze in our last question if we can. Uh, 
Bic, you mentioned early in the show a, a signature beer for Al McCoy put mm-hmm. out by a local brewery. Shazam! Real quick. Yes. Uh, we already got an answer on the Madison Bumgarner thing. Oh, we do, do we? From Nick Pecoro, who what? just tweeted, uh, Source is left-hander. Should okay. I do the breaking news? <gasps> Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Uh, that DFA option that somebody brought up, apparently ding, ding, that's ding. what left-hander Madison Bumgarner, according to sources from Nick uh, Pecoro, has been designated for yeah. assignment by the D-backs. To me, that's the cleanest move. It, it's not, It's not. you know, it's a lot of money to eventually swallow, but it's it's the cleanest thing to do. Yeah. They've got better things to do than to have to rehab Madison Bumgarner. Derek Hall, you were on with us at 745. No, but uh, yeah, don't put I'm that kidding. on him. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a Mike Hazen and crew decision at that point. Yeah, they don't want they don't want the team president making that call. Yeah. Props to Nick for breaking it though. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yes, um, we can. We'll, we'll skip that last question for now. We'll yeah. get into. There's always time for beer on this show. Yeah. Exactly. We'll get into end, the end beer, of the show. Maybe. The beer question at the end of the show. Yeah. Deal. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Social and studies. There were some great responses, so make sure you're listening later on. I did read some of them. Creative stuff. Uh, social studies every morning at nine o'clock. Follow us on Twitter at Pickley underscore Murata. Less than eighty people away. From from 20,000. You could be the 20,000th follower. What an honor. Uh, Coming up next, we'll get back into Suns. (laughs) You don't even get a shopping spree. 20,000 Twitter followers. We'll give you a sash and some confetti. Right. (laughs) Exactly. We'll get back into Suns and uh, Clippers. Joined in studio by Dave Burns from Burns and Gambo. (laughs) That's straight ahead. Bickley Murata Mornings here at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now. We never see this guy anymore because of these conflicting schedules, but you hear him every day. From 2 to 6, along with John Gambador on the Burns and Gambo show, Dave Burns joins us in studio. And Burns, uh, Burnsy, we got we to gotta make it official. Oh. Burnsy, what's going on? Burnsy, what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> Vince did what's going on? Straight up 917. <laughs> like, when we hit the airwaves at 6 and the first words come out of Dan Bickley's mouth, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of volume to it. You're sh- the beginning of your show is way louder than ours. Oh, it's very loud. It's people outside the, 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 in yeah. the newsroom. They're like, what's making the glass rattle? Why is the, why is the yeah. glass rattling? Yeah. What's up with it? I miss you guys. I, I, Likewise, I mean, I'm bro. so happy the morning show, and, and I know it's been a couple years now, but uh, that, that even that brief two-minute interaction yeah. that we used to have with you guys clearing out the studio and us coming in, I miss you guys. Yeah. Don't see each other enough. We I should, totally that, that agree, thing, man. The thing with the drinks that we did around Christmas, That's we should do that again. That, again. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> we solved a lot of problems that day, no, didn't we? We sure did. <laughs> that was the last time I Might saw have you. Have you gotten the taller? <laughs> have you grown? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we uh, invited you here to talk about Suns Clippers, okay. and we're definitely going to do that because you were kind enough to make the drive in for two segments and spend that time with us. But uh, a little bit of breaking news on the Diamondbacks front, and it was a hot-button issue on your show oh, yeah. yesterday and on oh, our yeah. show this morning. But uh, it's been confirmed now by several different other sources. Nick Picoro put it out there first. Madison Bumgarner DFA'd by the Diamondbacks, and they're going to eat $37 million. I am pleasantly surprised. I, I really thought they were going to take the easy way out, and I thought the easy way out was a phantom injured list trip. He's got a sore this. He's got a bum that. Yes. He's got a let's, let's put him on the, let's put him on the eye. 
IL, let's stash him and let's sit on him and let's just kind of wait and buy ourselves some time so that when we when we do DFA him, it's not as bad a look, right? It's it's time has passed and it's not so fresh. I am honestly impressed the Diamondbacks didn't take the easy way out and didn't make the easy play here. Yeah. Did kind of the hard, Same. the hard cold. Same. You know what? We're done. We're yeah. done. And yeah. it's thirty seven million dollars, and we're going to eat it. And that's that. Because I, I really thought they were going to take the easier way out. I'm yeah. very glad they didn't. Yeah. Do it. So yeah, this is the clean way to do it because you know because if you if you go the other route, creating an injury now you've got to take manpower, try to fix him, try to target what's wrong, then go through some sort of rehab assignment, and then find a return, then go through this whole thing again. It's they just need to move on. You did the way you put it's perfect. And and I you know and I know yesterday during the show I really had thought he was going to make another start at some point for this organization mm-hmm. and I was just kind of Dan and I were texting each other during the show yesterday and because I just I was kind of banking on the patience of Tory and I saw your tweet Dan about about Tory's in a tough spot yep. here cuz yep. he's got to you know with the veterans and how he manages them and things like that I was just kind of banking on Tory's patience in the organization's patience cuz it's something that they've kind of shown throughout his his ten- and um, I was not counting them to be so definitive. Yeah, it's it's easier to be patient with a struggling, respected veteran when you're not really all that concerned about competing. And not that they weren't last year, but this year, this shows. Hey, we're serious. You got four starts. Bye bye. Yeah, because we're we're in first place, and we don't intend on giving that up. Ten and five in games in which he doesn't pitch. Mm-hmm. One and three in games in which he does. Now that's the smallest of small sample sizes. But if you have your heart set on being good this year, how many more of those are you going to give away? You know, how many no, more yeah, of those are right. you going to just kind of you know what into the wind? Right? You, you can't you yeah. can't do that anymore. So yeah. good for them. And uh, you know the numbers right now, and this looks like the end. Fifteen and thirty two. In a Diamondbacks uniform with a 5.23 ERA and 69 starts for Madison Bumgarner. Think about it was. Remember when they signed him? In the moment, it was like, you know, that's not that much money for Madison Bumgarner, right? Like he was actually because of the way they structure the contract. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like okay, you can. This isn't Zach Greinke all over again. You can live with this. You can deal with this. Yeah, that, that it, it was an albatross. Yeah, I'm sure you and Gambo will have a lot more yes. on this, and I'm sure Gambo's firing up the limo as we speak. Uh, but uh, that's coming up at two o'clock today. But we can't. We, we invited you in here to talk. Some Suns basketball. Let's do it. Game three tonight, always a pivotal game when the, the series is split in those first two games. Uh, takeaways from game two, wh- what do you think needs to be applied? Uh, real broad, broad-based broad uh, uh, picture. I mean, I, I think, for me, the big takeaway from game number two was very much a our will versus your will, which is going to break kind of thing here. Because the Clippers are clearly seem to think that, hey, we're good, we've got the advantage from the free throw line, we've got the advantage from the three-point line. We're going to take more than you do. We're going to get to the line more than you do. And uh, the math is going to win for us because you're not going to go 21 to 29 from the mid-range every single game. Mm-hmm. And if you if you, if you you can, hey, great. Knock yourself out. You win the series and you move on. I'll be curious to see what else is in the Suns' bag of tricks tonight. Is it just that they think they can go 21 to 29 from the mid-range and that's going to be good enough to win? Do they need to shoot the three-ball more? I kind of think they do. Um, do, do they? Are they just counting on the fact they've got 
three of the best mid-range performers maybe in the history of the NBA, and that's going to be good enough. I'm a little nervous about that because as good as they are at it, you're, you're kind of banking your whole success on a shot that a lot of teams are more than willing to see you kind of try and fail to do. And I, if that's what the Suns' plan is, I want to see if they can execute it tonight. Yeah, they, it's yeah. interesting because they talked about Monty Williams, talked about it after game one. We need to shoot more than 19 threes. And they did shoot more than 19. They shot 20. <laughs> so, and, that, and credit goes to the Clippers for taking that away. But I think you bring up an interesting point, Bernsey. Not only on, on the Sun side of things, we might be talking about this series years from now as the last series that really featured two teams with great mid-range players because Kawhi Leonard is one of the all-time greats, too, on that front. Um, and the Suns did shoot seventy over 70% on, on two-point shots in that game. Real interested to see what that means and what it means personnel-wise. Do we see a, a, you know, a yeah. Terrence Ross stint? Do we see a mm-hmm. Damian Lee stint, which a lot of people are calling for, too? And, and yes, I uh, the latter, you know how I feel. it. And Terrence Ross would be a good option as well. But the Damian Lee thing, as I said earlier, first month of the season, this kid, this kid was like a breakout player, mm-hmm. right? And Steph Curry's flexing, I told you so, and he was leading the NBA three-point shooting percentage. I, if, if the chance arises, I'd really like to see if he could be a catch-and-shoot kind of guy that, that I think might even those math analytics a little bit. The other big thing here, too, and I, I don't know how much you and Gamble got into this yesterday, but I, I'm real curious to see, based on the outcome, based on the pace of play, where this whole Chris Paul point guard, Devin Booker oh, point yeah. guard, where this thing is going. No, you're, you're, you're Bickley Blast inspired a little bit of a conversation All right, good. about that. Yeah. No, what it, do you it, think about that? It did. Um, well, I, I think two things about Chris Paul. Well, I mean, I think a bunch of things about Chris Paul. Number one, I'm glad to see that he found his mid-range kind of mastery again in the fourth quarter when they cut it to six. He in the two-man game with DeAndre Ayton worked really well. I don't like watching him pass up threes and I saw him pass up too many threes in game two that's the shot Chris that, yeah. that's that's the shot and if we're talking about three point numbers that aren't where they need to be and attempts that aren't where they need to be Chris Paul that to me is a, a partially a Chris Paul problem you've got the shot take the shot he passed up a couple of twos as well but you're right there were there were the, opportunities for open threes where he put and the one ball on the them, floor and one of them was a corner three where in the construct of Bonnie's offense you have to take Take that yeah. Shot. Yes. And it's yes. just, it's just I, I get it. It's not your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit, specifically to the point and the point book of the point. I It looked better, didn't it? It oh, had yeah. a flow to it. It had a rhythm to it. It, it had a danger, a, a, a danger, a pace to it. And I know sometimes with book, you're going to get the turnovers and, and that can be somewhat problematic with him. I, the, the way he was doing the Queen's Gambit thing on, on Tuesday in the game to just moving the pieces around the chessboard and finding the guys and doing the thing. I, I'm all for a little bit more point book tonight and less Chris Paul because I just like the pace yeah, they play too. when they do it. Yep. You could score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word ticket to 620-620. Register and listen for your name Monday and Tuesday of next week during the 7 o'clock, noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for game five tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers once again. That's ticket to 620-620. We'll continue our Suns 
Cavs Clippers preview discussion with the one and only Dave Burns next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Clippers. Now. I think I'm just much more than a scorer, so yeah. I think I'm always involved. I think uh, if I'm having the ball and I don't score that possession, it feels like I created a lot of stuff for my teammates on that backside. If I, uh, you know, if we run a play and, and my man's face guard me, I feel like that's a win for our possession sometimes, you know. And, uh, so it's not necessarily just a score, but I feel like I could definitely be, uh, you know, look, you know, taking my shots like I normally do. But uh, the way the defense and the attention that I get on the defensive side of the ball, sometimes I got to figure out what my looks are, how each possession. So it's been fun. And it's always been a mental game for me, so I just try to figure it out. That's more than a scorer. Kevin Durant talking to practice yesterday ahead of Game 3, which is tonight at Crypto.com Arena, a game you can hear on the Arizona Sports app, and 98.7 with extended pregame coverage starting at uh, 6 and the tip-off at 7.30. I don't know about you guys to start this, and we're joined in studio for a second segment with Dave Burns. Burnsy, what's going on? <laughs> um, I, I, One of the things that I didn't realize I would enjoy so much about the Kevin Durant experience, mm-hmm. I love listening to him talk about basketball. And, He's a savant, and, and, isn't and he? And how he views it. Yeah. And he plays as such. Yeah, he, he, he really does have a kind of next-level awareness of it all that I, I, I hadn't really noticed until you just mentioned that. But I do, I do it, it, it really, I'm really going to date myself here, but it does remind me in some ways when I was younger in this business and ASU was tremendous at football because of Bruce Snyder. Mm-hmm. I used to love listening to Bruce Snyder talk about football. Yeah, like I could just sit there for and just like in his press conference, and I don't even know if I'd ask a question. I would just... Just li- dork out. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, totally right, yeah, dork yeah, out. Right, yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, you wise sage, right. you. Yes. Yoda, teach me. Yeah. You know? The Suns have another guy. They have other guys that see it that way. Chris Paul's the perfect example, except Chris doesn't talk as much as Kevin Durant does. He's not as effusive in his answers when, when he's asked about it. I, I just, I, I've enjoyed it so far. I have too. Uh, and I, I think the Kevin Durant, I, I mean, look, he was good in game one. He was really good in game two, but that, you know, that. Kevin Durant wow performance. It's mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's tonight. I don't know if it's Saturday. It's coming. You can feel it kind of building towards it. Um, they, I'll be, from a Clippers standpoint, after what Devin Booker did, do they do anything different with Book? Do they adjust to him? Does that free things up for Durant? Does that kind of change? The, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how the equation works on the floor because I would think Devin Booker has now earned extra yes. attention from the Clippers. And I would think even in that small little crack, you've got some room to, to really highlight Kevin Durant more if you're the Suns. It's I don't a, know. Yeah, it's, no, a I about that. it's a great question. Yeah. When, the, when this trade was initially made, how many times did you hear the phrase, pick your poison? If you're defending the Phoenix Suns, pick your poison. And the Clippers might find themselves right in that situation tonight because Booker was unbelievable in game two. And Durant's been good. But you're right. Under the surface, it seems to be bubbling into something well, bigger. Yeah, because I, I think if if you're Ty Lue, you know this about Devin Booker. I, I wouldn't call Devin Booker streaky, but he there are levels, there are zones that he is in, that he goes to. And I think uh-huh. if last night's game was the beginning of one of those zones, then, then you, you might have to kind of rethink what you're doing here a little bit. Because up until now, what they've been doing, they've been running the second guy at, K, at KD a whole bunch. Not a ton at Devin Booker, but after what he did in the third quarter, I think... 
they've got to do something. Your point is so well made because Devin Booker, I streaky, I don't think is necessarily the wrong word here. Okay, and if you if you look at it, when he is on fire, he'll have those stretches where he has five, six games, burns he thirty five plus mm-hmm. points. But he's also reached the level now when he's not on, and it's not efficient, but he'll still get his points. He'll still get his 25 points, just has to work harder for them. This might be the beginning, what we saw in Game 2, might be the beginning of one of those stretches that completely changes the strategy defensively. I I was talking with somebody at halftime in the press room in the middle of Game 2, and we were both noting how long it had been since Devin Booker had hit a three-point shot. I mean, just just in general, how, how many games had expired since he had hit a three-point shot, which is why, for my money, the biggest moment of Game 2 was the three-pointer he hit right before halftime. crazy what that, that shot did. It, yeah. it, 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 all of the doors that it unlocked, yeah, all, all of the dominoes, right, right, yeah, right, all, right. it's the key that unlocks all yeah. doors, it's as like Ron Wolfie would say. Where everything just opened at once. Yeah, well, here right, we go, right? right? And, and and so I he is. I think he's especially streaky from three. And so if this is the run of at least a couple of games where Devin Booker's feeling it from three, I don't know how you don't pay a little bit more attention to him in that regard. Here's here's the other thing that, that nobody talks about and Devin Booker won't talk about, but I, I know he's feeling it. So we all know what went down last year and last year's playoffs and the way the team got booted, and we know that Chris Paul is wearing it because he doesn't have a ring, and he's got this playoff reputation as something always gets in his way, and then the Devin Booker 9 for 27, his performance in Game 1, mm-hmm. he, he's an up-and-comer. Chris Paul, I don't believe, is capable of individual atonement, which is to say I don't think he's got the juice in him now to play at a level where people are going to, where he can right all past wrongs. He can get to a championship, but I think if he does, he's going to be kind of a, a, not a passenger, but he's not going to be a driver. Mm -hmm. It's going to be KD and Book. Book knows that that this is his time, and he knows that he's still wearing that Luka thing a little bit. Now Luka's gone, not even in the playoffs, right? People have turned on him. I think he recognizes this is a great opportunity for me, because you know he cares about his legacy. Absolutely. To, to, to take it, just fill it full of helium, man. Of all the stats that came out of Game 2, I think the one that surprised me the most was that was the 14th 30-point game for Devin Booker in the playoffs since he made his play de- playoff debut. Tied him with Luka for the second most, only Giannis has more. And that surprised me because I didn't realize it had been that many yeah. for Devin Booker. And I think you're right. There are two very distinct playoff stories about Devin Booker. 2021, he was magnificent. It was a closeout game against the Lakers. It was the 40-point triple-double against the Clippers. It was the back-to-back 40-point games in the finals uh-huh. against Giannis, even though they right. lost. It was Devin Booker has arrived. He is the man. He is the guy. Last year, and we did this little thought exercise on our show yesterday, there really wasn't that Great, great, great Devin Booker game last year in the postseason. There was one where he scored 35 points. I mean, there were a couple of good, good ones, yeah. but, but they didn't win because of a great, great Devin Booker performance last year. And mostly, we remember last year for the failures in Game 6 and 7, for the Luka special moment, right? It was it was kind of a stain on the Devin Booker postseason experience. Yeah. So we've got, which one is it going to be for Book? Is it going to be 2021 redo or 2022 redo? Because you're right, his book still has yet to be written, oh, yeah. pardon the yeah. pun. Well, no, you're absolutely and, right. And, and yesterday's performance was kind of that reminder of, oh, no, really, the 2021 guy, that's the guy who might be here for the Suns this year in the postseason, hopefully. Yeah. And, when and you, this is L.A.? You yeah, know, oh, this, and oh, you throw that into oh, the mix? I think that's yeah. a fascinating discussion to have, too, what's going through the head of Devin Booker now, because the flame out against Dallas, he was shouldering a lot. 
I mean, Mikel Bridges wasn't the Mikel Bridges that we see now in Brooklyn. Chris Paul had hit the wall after his birthday at that point. And I even go back to the finals. You mentioned the two games, the 40-point back-to-back games in games four and five against Milwaukee. It felt to me, watching those two games, that... If Devin Booker wasn't going to score, the Suns weren't going to get a bucket. He was it. But he doesn't have to feel that way anymore. No. Even though they don't have any depth and they're top-heavy and all that, you've got... If Kevin Durant right now, and I'm not saying this moving forward, if Kevin Durant is your Robin to Devin Booker's Batman, how how freeing is that psychologically for him? Who is Batman and who is Robin? I don't know if it matters, That's and I think it's going to switch from night to night. I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you know what I think it is? I think there's two different Batmans. I think Devin Booker's the Robert Pattinson. Is that his name? Yes. And, and I think Kevin Durant's probably the Michael Keaton. No, he's probably Christian Bale. Yeah. Yeah. So we're probably got two Batmans, but they're different actors. Yeah, right? if you go any further right, back, it really gets a, worked the way it works. Adam no. West. Who's the George Clooney Batman? Yeah. Oh I just love that you say Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Is it Robert? As if you aren't a massive Twilight fan, big. <laughs> my daughter, Come on. My daughter lived it for her old child, and I should know that. Who's yeah. Michael Keaton? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wait, Wait, he's Batman again. George Clooney was Batman? <laughs> Val Kilmer yeah. did it? Yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer yeah, did it, too. Yeah, he did. Real quick. Quick, Bernsey, before we let you go, and, and thanks for coming in. Um, just overall feelings on tonight. How optimistic are you based on what you've seen so far? Uh, I'm nervous about tonight. Yeah. I, I've, I've got a little, I got some, I'm, it's, it, the Clippers have a formula, and I'm, I, I worry about how effective it's going to be at home. I, I, I'm hoping the Suns win, but I think they're going to go to L.A., and I think they're going to get a split of these two games. I don't know which one they're going to lose. I think it's going to be one of these two. Yeah, and one thing we can be certain of, what was presented on Tuesday night by the Clippers will not be presented in the same way tonight. Ty Lue is really good at switching stuff up, and the Suns were a little bit dumbfounded by that early in Game one of the 2. Be- and certainly in Game 1, where yeah. you could just see the spinning wheel of death on their computers and their, their iPhones, just trying to figure yeah. out what the Clippers yeah. were doing. Yeah, but... But you want this. You want this to be hard. Yes, I, I was yes. thinking about this. Yes. As much as you want rest in the first round, it might be the best thing possible for this team to have to win a game seven in round one. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Might unlock everything. Until you play Denver, who's been off for a week in the next round. <laughs> Denver doesn't scare Denver, me like Ty Lue scores me. Me neither. Ty Lue, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Denver just doesn't. Sorry, Denver. It just doesn't yeah, scare me the way. We're that, in Denver's heads. Well, I, if, I'm not But if Jamal Murray was healthy. Oh, oh, wait, he's stop it. Oh, he no. Stop it. <laughs> Burnsy, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Dave Burns, you can catch him two to six afternoons with John Gambadoro, the Burns and Gambo show. Thanks to him for coming in again. We'll uh, close things out with some final thoughts heading into game night tonight here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Weekly and Murata. Song of the Day. Introduce today's song of the day. It's a Vinnie Joe special. Yeah. Los Angeles being the theme again for the second straight day. Third straight day. I don't know. I lost count. Bad religion. Los Angeles is burning. From the Empire Strikes First album. Ah. This would be a good bumper. To do a little uh, music editing, but I can make this happen. Okay. All right. 
Will they be burning tonight from the sun? Shooting the lights out. We will find out. Today's song of the day, Bad Religion, Los Angeles is burning. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Quick look at today's Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at arizonasports.com. Kind of a similar question that we had going into game two. Who will lead the Suns in scoring in game three against the Clippers? Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton or other? It's not, uh, it's not going to be other. I think Devin Booker's on the heater. I th- I'm picking Book. All right. Cast a vote for Book. 63% still on KD. 32% on Book. 3% say Paul or Ayton. And I have to assume the 2% are very confident that Torrey Craig is going to continue his hot shooting. The Suns are in trouble if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's today's Sanderson uh, Ford poll question on the homepage uh, at ArizonaSports.com. You can vote on it. Uh, I wanted to bring this up earlier just because it was such a funny moment at show history. All right. Uh, we were in social studies and the word flaster came up. Yeah. Which reminded me of Froster. Ruben Froster. Do you know Ruben Froster is playing in the USFL? It really? Huh? He is. He's back in football. Ruben Froster. What Jerry was Ruben Froster? <laughs> Ruben Froster. Said with such confidence, too. I love it. Which led to a great kebab joke about... Mm-hmm. What does Andrew Reid put? Yeah, what was it? It was... What was it? It was like Ruben Froster. What is the job title of the guy who puts icing on Andy Reid's sandwiches? But who would put icing on a sandwich? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Oh, I've seen, seen that guy, Jared. I've seen sandwiches made with Pop Tarts as bread. What? Really? Yeah, they're Ruben like the Froster. donut burgers too. Donut yeah. burgers? Yeah, that's I've another one. I've never tried one. I Neither think have I. Keel over and dive. Yeah. But. Uh, also, we didn't get to the question because of the breaking news on Madison Bumgarner. If you're just joining us, where you been all morning, first of all? Yeah. And secondly, you missed the news on Madison Bumgarner being designated for assignment by the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are ready to eat $34 million of remaining salary in, in making plus. this move. Yeah. Uh, so there's that out Unless there. Unless someone picks them up on waivers. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, the Mets. They, the money's oh, no exactly. The Mets, they'll do it. Uh, but the question that was out there, um, because of what was mentioned earlier in the show, if there was a beer brewed for the members of the Bickley and Murata morning show, what would each one be called? Some good responses here. All right. Uh, Johnny says, uh, for Dan Bickley, whiskey barrel quick aged stout. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, for me, P.A. Pale Ale. I like it. That's good. For Sarah, Bear Down Blonde Ale. A. And for Jarrett, Soup Sipping Sour. No, it's got to be a hand fruit. Yeah, there's a Wonka's lot of hand wacky fruit ale. Yeah. Hand fruit lambic, hand fruit IPA, hand fruit cider. A lot of them. The best one I saw for me, though. You could do a fruit wheat beer, so a hand fruit wheat beer would work for yes. you. Ooh, yeah. delicious. The best one, I can't find who said it, but somebody said, for, for me, stop rubbing your IPA. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good! <laughs> Peel Diamond Pear Cider was another submission for you. That's Peel Diamond fantastic. from Justin. That's so good. Stop rubbing your IPA. Oh my gosh. Uh, there was Wonka's Wacky Ale for you. There was Butter Bacon Belgian Ale for you, Bick. 
Uh, you got a bitter stout, Vince. <laughs> stout standing. A dead inside thick. lager. Self-loathing oh, lager. That's a good was name for a beer. Dead inside <laughs> lager. Yeah, it is. Jimmy submitted self-loathing lager and oh, stout standing for you, Bic. Oh, stout, stout standing. standing. Somebody for Dan put... Throw another fire, or wait, throw another logger on the fire. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Outstanding Windy City Porter for you, Bick. Outstanding. A lot of, when a lot of questions like this, our audience shines. Yes, Come lot, through. For Sarah, it's a lot of ruthless Blondale or yep. sassy Blondale. Yep. Which, again, Bick, thank you for the best nickname I've ever had. Ruthless. Yes. Appreciate ya. Stud Light. Sarah. Stud Light, Vince Murata. Yeah. Crunchy guitar ale. Stud Light. Oh, I love it. Barley Soup Brew for you, Jarrett. Mullets and Hops IPA for you, Bic. And then I got Blonde Bomber, which I don't hate. Yeah. Very good stuff. That is good. Yes, listeners, you're the best. Is it wrong? I'm craving a post-show beer now. A ruffle shaster. Now, shaster. Now you're uh, tonight. Game three. Uh, pre-game. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what did it. Touche, Jared. <laughs> Touche. Uh, game three tonight. Uh, extended pregame coverage starts at six. Tip off seven thirty. Extended postgame coverage tonight. Game three. Um, we talked about the pivotal nature of a game three. I think this is going to be a back and forth affair. I, I, I'm, I'm not overly optimistic about the Suns' chances. You're not. Three. I'm not. Oh, okay. But I do, I do like their chances of coming back split for game five on yeah. Tuesday. But I think this, this might be a rough one yeah. tonight. Yeah. Listen. So I, I, w- I would think that, that that would be a, a good expectation for the fan base to have. Don't expect, don't expect your team to go in and win both these games. They might. But be be content with a, a best of three with two at home. That's yeah. the way I look at it. It's shouldn't you expect this team this series not to go six or seven though when you're playing the team without Paul George? I know we're changing our expectations because we saw the two first two games and how good the Clippers are. Well, that, that leads me to what I'm going to say here, Jared. Mm-hmm. Is and I wanted to get to it with our, in our discussion with Bernsey, but I did. We ran out of time. I think the Suns were favored heavily in this series because of Russell Westbrook. I don't think people expected much from Russell Westbrook. That's he has right. over-delivered That's in the first so two games. That's a great point. From an energy yes. standpoint in Game 1, and actually played really well all the way around in Game 2. Yeah. If he can keep this up, we're looking at a six- or seven-game series. If he goes back into bad Russell Westbrook mode, I think it could be over quick. That's real smart analysis. Really well done, Vinny. I, I agree with every word you just said. He's by default their, their second-best player right yeah, now. Yeah, he's been way better than I thought he and, was going And he's kind of recaptured some of his past magic. Yeah. Somebody tipped me off on that and, one, and, <laughs> my, and And listen, and my, my five-game prediction was based on the fact that I really thought they were going to win the first two games. But they did. Yeah. So, yeah. So we shall see. Uh, More analysis, more preview coming up all day with Wolf and Luke, then Burns and Gambo leading you up till that 6 o'clock pregame. Thanks to Derek Hall. Thanks to Kevin Ray. Thanks to Dave Burns for making the trip in to hang out with us. Always appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow morning with full recap of Game 3. Bright and early at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.